Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is episode 278 of the Engaging Missions show. Today we're talking with Jeremy Wainwright of Shrimp Matters about little faith, a big God, and stepping into the unknown. And you would think God speaking to me so clearly the way that he did that I wouldn't worry anymore. Welcome to the Engaging Missions show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Today I'm just so happy to be able to introduce to you Jeremy Wainwright. He's the founder of Shrimp Matters, with the goal to share the love of Jesus with the people of Honduras and to equip them with resources, but with shrimp playing a pretty big part of this. Now, personally, I'm not a huge fan of shrimp, at least not for eating, but I do see some of the creative ways that God can use this to provide through Jeremy. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's it's totally my pleasure. I'm really glad that we were able to do this. And, and frankly, I'm glad that you reached out to me to, to just ask if this was an option, because I'm really glad to be able to do this. As we get started, I think probably the name Shrimp Matters, a lot of people might not know what that is. So can you maybe share with us a little bit about what Shrimp Matters is? Okay. Shrimp Matters is actually, it started in the beginning of 2019, the whole idea I actually went on a mission trip in October of 2018, my very first mission trip, short-term mission trip. And when I got back home, I was uh, praying about opportunities to help. I saw the poverty in, in Honduras, and I saw the crime. There's so much crime in Honduras as well, and, and just so many areas of brokenness there. And it, it really touched my heart. So I started praying about opportunities, what I could do to help out in any way whatsoever. and I remained very good friends even uh, after the mission trip with with a man there named Augustine Garcia. He was a local there that would go help serve his community alongside of us. And I got in touch with him and we just would talk back and forth and we'd pray back and forth about the people of Honduras and the brokenness there. And shortly after that, at work, I had a conversation with a friend that had been on a mission trip to Central America, actually in Guatemala. And she had actually been to a village that had a tilapia farm that had funded the entire village. It had a small hospital. It had several other things there, but it was all started by just this uh, tilapia farm. And it was uh, intended just to feed the people there, but it wound up producing a sustainable income for that village. So I thought, this is wonderful. So I got in touch with my friend, Augustine. Garcia and I said, uh, "Can we look into this as an opportunity in uh, in Honduras?" And through a lot of prayer and research, we discovered that in the southern part of the country, there were 
areas there that had shrimp farms and that we could lease the property. And we did all the research that we needed to figure out, okay, how, how do we even go about this? And we figured out where we would, could buy the larva. You buy the shrimp larva and you feed them and they grow. And after four months, everything can be sold. And from that, we were thinking, well, there could be jobs there while this is being done. And after that, with, with all the funding that come from the sale, we could build homes that we could uh, help with the clean water. There, there's a lot of areas that doesn't have clean water at all. We, and we could help out with a lot of things such as that and even feed the, the people that are hungry. So it was a very self-sustaining kind of idea. So that was the initial idea of, of Shrimp Matters. What later came, I guess, that where the name actually derived was after we basically had this uh, idea and God revealed this great idea to us, we kept praying for further opportunities. And at one point at my church, we were doing a series and I had spoke to uh, the camp's pastor there about my dream and this whole mission. And he said, you know, I've got a series coming up and it would be perfect to share this with everyone. Hmm. So when I shared it, that was when everybody started coming up to me and saying, Hey, I want to be on board with this. So that's, that's how the whole thing initially started. It's really interesting to me because you, you shared that this essentially came out of an experience on a mission trip and then kind of maintaining a relationship. But there are lots of people that go on mission trips that mm -hmm. don't have this kind of response. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why that trip spoke to you in such a way that you said, you know what, I have to step in. I don't want to say step in and do something like I'm going to save people, right? But I have to mm -hmm. be part of what God wants here. What was it that really spoke to you? I spoke about my friend, Augustine, that I've we talk pretty much on a weekly basis, and we have pretty much since that first trip that I had. But something that he told me that has never left me that initial week in 2018, he said, I have been part of these, what they refer to as brigades. It's a lot of North Americans that will come down every week on short-term mission trips. And he said, I have been part of this for nearly 15 years. He said, I've helped serve alongside. And he said, I can count on one hand the people that have even responded back to me that I've even spoke to a second time. And I just could not believe that week in and week out, there was so many people going there, but very, very, very little follow-up whatsoever. And, you know, God really touched my heart with that. So that's when I, that's when I really decided I'm going to be very, very intentional about reaching out to him and seeing what I can do to help the people of Honduras. Wow. I, I appreciate that. I mean, it sounds like you, you really have a desire to be a man of your word and to follow through in a manner of integrity. Is that, is that accurate? I don't know how I would say, you know, I guess I'm someone where I would never probably say that about myself, but that is something that Augustine has said. He said, you have always constantly been, whatever you say, you can take it to the bank. And that does make me feel good to know that, that he actually feels that way about me. So that's, that's great. You've mentioned a little bit about the vision for this, that perhaps in a few years, this might be self-sustaining to mm -hmm. provide jobs and mm -hmm. income and infrastructure, education, like all of the things that can happen because of that. I'm wondering, as you look forward to that, 
other ways that you also see this being self-sustaining besides just the money keeps kind of recycling, if you will? Yes, I, I see it in so many different ways. I mean, the, yeah, the money will actually be, you know, recycling. But something that I want to make sure that happens is that the local churches are involved, that there's a, a lot of community effort as a whole when a lot of these activities are being done, whether that be the building of homes. I would like to see a lot of scholarship programs with a lot of the children, because what tends to happen in Honduras so often is uh, the presence of the MS-13 is very, very present there in in Honduras. What's MS-13? MS-13 has a lot to do with the drug cartel. A lot of it you probably heard of in Colombia. Well, it's present also in Honduras, and there are local gangs there in the capital city, around the capital city. And what happens between 11 and, say, 15 years old, a a lot of kids are brought in at a very, very young age into this organized crime, and that becomes their life. And they wind up either someone that is later killed or maybe someone that winds up killing others. And that's, that's basically how this whole thing starts is at a very, very young age. So if we can somehow or another provide something that these kids can see uh, another direction, uh, maybe some type of hope in some other way that that would get them away from those types of environments. That's something that we're really, really looking forward to as well. I like that. I mean, that's a great vision, right? To provide alternatives as well. I think that's yes. important. You mentioned the local involvement of the church. I think that's stellar. I think that's almost required for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think that involvement needs to look like? Well, I think in so many different ways that if we can partner, you know, the, the shrimp farm itself and other opportunities that we see in the future, that's a that is a, a source of income that would be just there in, in Honduras. But but if, if used effectively, if done effectively, like we're wanting to do in the future, hopefully we can partner with these local churches to where when we are in these when these churches are located, say, in these areas that, that have high levels of poverty, that the church themselves can go and serve the people directly in their area and reach out to them, maybe partner with them. There can be a lot of even uh, one instance that I know of, for example, is there's one small local church I saw there that had a small sewing ministry that they would bring people in and it was a job opportunity right there for some of the people. So that was the local church reaching out and giving, it was several widowed women, the opportunity to be able to provide for themselves and uh, just opportunities like that is what I'd like to see more of coming from the revenue from, from the shrimp farm itself. Wow. That's, that's great. This is, if I remember right, this is a fairly new ministry. No, it's very, very much new. Like I'm still, it's very safe to say that, you know, God has just opened up the doors because there's so much that we still don't know. But just how far God has taken this is just amazing to me. One of the things that I've been wondering, because I think you're maybe one or two, are they called crops? Yeah, we, we, we refer to them, yeah, I guess, as a harvest more is what you okay. hear than anything. So you're a, a one or two harvests in. Mm-hmm. There was, at the time that we're recording this, about nine or 10 months ago, there was the start of the whole global pandemic, mm-hmm. the COVID-19 thing. I'm assuming that impacted your travel? Uh, it impacted travel, but it also impacted the second harvest as well. Uh, that was uh, the negative part of what has went on in the, during the global pandemic was what happened during the second harvest. 
the first harvest uh, went well. We were able to harvest 5,500 pounds. Mm -hmm. And from that harvest, there was someone that pulled straight up to the uh, shrimp farm itself. They purchased the shrimp there and they leave. So it, it was a very, very simple wow. transaction there. And yeah, it was amazing. So we had the funding to reinvest and we also had uh, the funding to help the community because that's basically all that we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to provide jobs during the shrimp farm itself while the shrimp farm was going on. But on the back end of that, we wanted to be able to, to reinvest and everything left over would go to right back into the community, whether that be to build homes, to help with clean water, to feed those that are hungry. So the first harvest went well. About the time we started the second harvest was when the global pandemic really hit uh, Honduras extremely hard. And their government was very, very, very strict because their healthcare system in Honduras is not anything like it would be in the United States. So their government got very, very strict as to who could be out and when. And it got to the point that you could only be out one day every two weeks. And that was not enough time for us to be able to get the food we needed to, to feed the shrimp and to do the things that we needed to do to keep the shrimp alive. So the shrimp actually died in the second cycle. Hmm. So I am currently in the process of getting it back up and going again since that has happened. So what does it look like to get it back up and running? Is it what's involved? It would start with just the total uh, startup cost, uh, and the total co startup cost is just below uh, around $8,000, just shy of $8,000. It would be that what would cover the lease of the property that covers the buying the shrimp larva, feeding the shrimp larva for those four months, and providing three jobs for those four months. And on the back end of that, that's where we will harvest and that's where we will do this again and, and the thing is that the wonderful thing about it is god showed me through the first one you know with the first harvest everything went wonderfully and god showed me that this is something that can truly happen and the second cycle is just an example of we live in a broken world where we try to plan things we try to do things but in the general scheme of things sometimes in this broken world things don't go as planned but i do understand that through those times, God can use those for something good. And the thing that I see now is it, it really allows me to just look at everything as a whole and say, okay, in the future, when we get this going, what can we do to be able to, uh, worst case scenario, how can we really be prepared next time for worst case scenario? Because I didn't think about that until this happened. Yeah. So have you already raised the money for the second one? I've raised almost half, and some of that funding uh, I sent actually down for the relief from the hurricanes that hit in October. So I sent some emergency funding down for it. So I'm just short of half of what we need to to get the initial cost back going. But But my goal is in the future to have even more in reserve just in case something like that happens again, uh, like, you know, like the global pandemic was something that, that really set us back. So hopefully we can really, really uh, just plan ahead in the future to where it wouldn't really set us back this far. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, I'm glad that you're <laughs> that far along. I'm thinking about maybe mm -hmm. the people that are listening. So if, if you're listening right now and you've been looking for something to do, maybe God's been stirring in your heart that there's some level of investment that 
he'd like for you to make, I'd like to encourage you to prayerfully consider Jeremy and Shrimp Matters. We'll have a link for you to be able to connect in the episode notes so that you can go find out, pray about it, and see if God would have you be involved in this, because we already know that God has the resources. The question is whether Mm -hmm. or not he wants you involved, and I don't know the answer to that, but I would encourage you to pray about it, because this could be an opportunity for you to invest in what God's doing. So I just encourage you to do that. I'd like to kind of take a a bit of a step back, Jeremy, because we mentioned that Mm -hmm. a lot of this kind of started with the the missions trip, but there's this one kind of burning question in my mind. Why'd you go on that trip? I I would guess the first thing that really got me to go and more so than anything was it had been a thought in my mind. I guess it was one of those, I guess you could say bucket list things. I guess I had it one time. I I just, I, I thought, you know what? I really just need to go on a mission trip uh, short term and just see what it's like and just experience a lot of things that I've never been able to experience before and see if there's any way, you know, that I could reach out and love others. And that was just the initial thought. And it had been going on for years. And uh, a friend of mine from church called me and he said, he said, Hey, he said, uh, would you like to go on a mission trip to Honduras with me? And I said, uh, you know what? I think I think I will. I said I know it's. And when he called me, that there wasn't really that much time to uh, before we were actually going to leave. It, I, I had to hurry up and get my passport and everything. So, but I said, you know what? If I can swing it all in time, I think this would be perfect time for me to do that. So, and you know, when I went on my first mission trip, I, I was probably thinking a lot of the things that anybody else would go on a mission trip. You know, I mean, a lot of people probably worry about a lot of the, a lot of the things about leaving the comforts Mm of where they live in the United States. And, you know, we were told when we first got down there, do not drink any water, do not brush your teeth with any of the water and a lot of things like that. A lot of people probably think about things like that, but it's something that I want to encourage people that, maybe are worried about situations like that or worried about being in a different environment like that is very, very, very quickly into the trip. It shifts from you not thinking about yourself to you pouring into others. And anybody that I have ever talked to that has been on a mission trip will tell you the same thing. And I think for no other reason We just get so complacent, I feel like, uh, day in and day out here in our normal jobs, in our normal activities. And I feel like we're a lot of times the center of our daily (laughs) lives. But I think a mission trip just changes the perspective of everything. And it did for me. So I went from being very selfish, worried about getting sick from drinking the water there to by the end of that week, I'm crying because I don't want to leave. And it was just amazing. So that's really the, how the whole thing started. But I just want to encourage people that may be listening to this, that, you know, m- maybe they are thinking about missions and never have went. I want to encourage you to go. It will change your, your perspective of everything. It will. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's so true, but yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. As you've been building this, you started from a trip that turned into a vision Mm -hmm. and then some relationships that started you on the path of, okay, I think this is something that we could do during the course of this. Were there ever times when you thought this is too hard, I'm going to quit. There's been several times where I just felt like, I don't know if the word quit ever came up, but I will honestly say that 
I have questioned the timing many, many times. There's so many times I feel like God always comes through. And I feel like every time that I get to a point that I don't feel like things are moving fast enough, I so quickly forget that God's timing is the best. So I will honestly say if I have taken anything from that, it's the fact that I've I've worried too much and I have not trusted God enough through this process, even though he keeps continually specifically showing me what the direction forward is. I'm interested to know if you can share with us one of those experiences where you weren't sure about the timing or there's something like that. And God said, no, this is the way, this is the time. Yes, you can. Absolutely. This is why the organization that that I am starting is called Shrimp Matters. At this point, I have the name chartered through the state of Tennessee, and our next uh, steps will be to completely establish the board, and we will be a nonprofit within the next few months. But the name is already chartered as Shrimp, Shrimp Matters, and that will be the story that I'm going to share with you that really where God just, okay, God just completely spoke to me. He's like, okay, this is what you need to do. And it's not, you know, it was as clear as can be that this was the path forward. But I was uh, telling you earlier how I was sharing this with my church. You know, there was a series that came up and I had the opportunity to share what God had laid on my heart and what possibly could be done through this idea of the shrimp farm. So I shared it with the church before I got up there. I talked to the pastor and he said, you need to, you know, specifically ask people for, for funding. He said, go ahead and, and do that. And he said, you know, is there anything that God's laid on your heart? And I said, well, I said, I, I, I pretty much at the time uh, I told you the startup cost is just under 8,000, but at the time I had undershot it. Hmm. I was thinking it was around 7,000. So God had laid on my heart at that time. He's like, for some reason, when I saw that number, I just, you know, I thought if I could get 70, families, 70 people at $100. If I could get people to donate 70 families at $100, I would be right where I needed for this thing to start. So I told the pastor about this and he said, okay. He said, you need to share that. I said, well, I don't like asking for money. (laughs) I don't think anybody is really comfortable just being like, hey, can you donate to this? I mean, it's a very, very uncomfortable position to do that. He said, no, specifically say that. So I got up and I told about the shrimp farm uh, and I told about the idea and I told him at the end, he he said, is there any way that we can support you? And as uncomfortable as it made me feel, I said, I said, if I could get 70 families or 70 people to donate a hundred dollars, I said, this thing can get going. And I said, that door will be open and, you know, we'll get to see what God's doing to this mission in Honduras. And at the end of the service, there was person after person after person that came up to me specifically with a hundred dollars. And one woman in particular came up to me and uh, she was crying. Her hands were shaking. She said, I have a hundred dollars to give you, but she said, I got to tell you a story. She said, you will believe how specific this is to what I just heard you say. She said, I was at red lobster earlier this week. And she said, I was sitting there and she said, I noticed over at a couple of tables over, that there was a woman sitting there and she was looking through her purse to try to pay for the shrimp cocktail she had bought. And I could tell she obviously thought she must have had it and she didn't. So she said, I motioned her waitress to come over and she said, I paid for her shrimp cocktail. And she said, I settled up there. And she said a few minutes later, a man from another table 
came over and she said he he looked down at me and said, hey, he said, I saw what you did over there paying forward for that woman. He said, I just really, really appreciate what you did. And he went to give her a hundred dollar bill. He said, I want you to have this because it looks like you're someone that would do something good with this. I've already seen mm-hmm. your heart. And she said, no, no, no. She said, I'm fine. She said, you know, I, I'm comfortable. God's blessed me. I have money. He said, no, no, no. I want you to keep this. And when he handed it back, he said, shrimp matters. So that is the whole, when she told me this story about shrimp matters and the hundred dollars, the hundred dollars that she gave me was the same hundred dollars that he had gave her earlier that week. So um, if I don't see how God could have spoke any more clearly, I think sometimes people refer to, you know, you hear God in his still small voice. I think God was shouting <laughs> at that point. It's this is the path yeah. forward. Man, that's that's great. As you've been going through this, through the the process, right, there's a lot of things to build, a lot of stuff to take care of. Have you ever had to remind yourself, wait a minute, God told me back here, and so I can continue to trust him? How Mm -hmm. how does that work out for you? Yes, there's so many times that that has happened. I mean, especially through this pandemic when the first harvest went so well and we, we got some extra donations to build other homes, too. So three homes actually got built. There were many, many, many families that got fed through the pandemic just from what we had from the first harvest. And so many of those great things happened. So yeah, th- that was the reminder even after the shrimp had died in the second cycle that look how much God has done even through these times where we've seen this, the, the brokenness. Look what God has still done. But also, I want to say I am very, very, very quick to forget. And I'm very, very quick to worry. And you would think God speaking to me so clearly the way that he did that I wouldn't worry anymore about the next step. But me as a fallible human being, I'm so quick to forget. But I do. I am so, so thankful for what God has done through this mission. Wow. I can totally relate. I have amnesia all the time about the stuff that God's done and his promises. I'm wondering, going through this, this must have changed your relationship with God? Absolutely. It's like I was saying earlier about the fact that I'd never even, before I'd been on a mission trip, I just felt like uh, I was more or less the center of my weekly activities. And, you know, I didn't really think of much more than what. I needed to do, I have to go to work, I have to go do this. And I just, I honestly think through this process and through this mission and through me doing something that I'm not comfortable doing, uh, I've put myself in positions to where, you know, I've asked for funding where I don't really feel comfortable. I have been in many ways, I've done a lot of things that I wouldn't ever imagine that I would ever do as far as stretching me, as far as, as my comfort Mm -hmm. level. So if anything, my, comfort level. And I I truly think there is a direct correlation between spiritual growth and you being just out of your comfort zone. Because I think once you walk in your comfort zone, if you sit there in your comfort zone, I have never felt growth like I have when I am sitting somewhere where I'm like, okay, God, I really, 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 really need you right now because I'm in a vulnerable spot or I'm, you know what I mean? I'm uncomfortable or I'm really putting myself out there. So that's something that I've really noticed about my relationship is I, I'm trusting him more and 
I'm just seeing him speak to me more through this process. So you inadvertently headed down my notes to the next thing I was going to ask you about, which is just great, (laughs) because you mentioned that this has caused you to grow. It's caused you to stretch. And I'm wondering, can you think of a time where you had to grow in faith or as a leader or something like that? And tell us the story of how you, how God grew you through that. Yes. I think a lot of my growth would still go right back to at some point through this ministry would be in some way. And and my growth, I feel like the area where I feel like I truly need to ask for more growth is probably patience and understanding God's timing. And time and time and time again, he shows me, I've got this. Don't worry about this. Uh, One instance that I can think of was uh, shortly after I shared that story with you at church, there was funds that I had received, but I still was not even halfway to being funded to start this. And I thought, okay, this is another stopping point. I don't know what to do. And I'm worried. And I was getting impatient. And I was like, God, what do I do? And I felt like I needed to start, you know, sharing this more. I felt like it was something that I needed to be doing. So I started looking for other opportunities. And uh, I would try every way that I could to try to whatever the next step was, I was trying to push it. But what God kept showing me was, you know, his timing is the best because at one point I had reached out to a friend of Augustine's, my, the friend down in Honduras. He had a friend in the United States, so I reached out to them and they were a journalist. And I said, can you help me out with this? Is there any way that you can spread the word? And she said, uh, sure. So she wrote something back to my local paper and she said, I'm going to send something to your local paper and see if we can't get it out there. And I said, well, that's that's fine. If you think that's the best thing to do, we'll do that. So. I did that and that I heard nothing for, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a half. And me, I'm getting impatient and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to try to get in touch with them again or do something like that. And so I was trying to force things again. So, and what happened was I, I called her again and I said, Hey, I never heard anything back from the paper is what should I do? And she said, well, you can reach back out to them if you want to. I hung up the phone and I drove about two minutes down the road and the phone rang from the newspaper and me being impatient that entire time, (laughs) the newspaper gets in touch with me. And from that newspaper, the rest of the funding came because there was families that read about it and it came in. And it was just one of those things again, where it was just like, God's like, I've got this. And it's really helped me grow. Wow. Man, that's a great reminder, right? Because I I don't know about everybody else listening, but I have a tendency to try and do things myself so I can relate to that for Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. One of the things, and this is a little bit touchy to bring up, but one of the things that can happen when we have a heart to minister to people is we can actually sometimes end up doing more harm than good. And I know this is something that when we were emailing back and forth, you said, this is really important to me. So can you share with me how you've tried to approach this so that you're not leaving your thumbprints all over where God is trying to work, if you will. Yes. I think it all really started. Well, you know, when I did go on that first mission trip, I saw so many ways where I was like, well, you know, this is doing a lot of help for a lot of people. This is helping out a lot of people that are living in poverty and in need. And it was a great feeling. It is. It's a great feeling to go on a mission trip and to do all those things. And the problem is, and a lot of this came from a book that I read later that was called uh, 
when helping mm-hmm. hurts is so many people can come and approach missions from a really, really good place and still do a lot of harm. And I think the problem more so with that than anything is just the fact that we're not really taking the environment there into consideration or taking the people in general, how they feel into consideration when we're trying to help. A lot of times I think we can alleviate things by just fixing what we see right there. If we see somebody that, that lives in poverty, a lot of times people are just like, well, we'll just give them some money or we'll just set up something here to where they're mm-hmm. okay. But what we don't really realize is, you know, God is relational with all of his creations. And, you know, we are created in his image. So we are relational as well. And not only are we relational with God, we're also relators, relational with others. And we also have a self relationship. And the problem with poverty is it's not always about money. People that live in poverty, they have a problem with their self relationship because they experience shame. They experience fear, being inferior or having no voice. And, and these are lies, you know, that, that basically that they have within themselves because, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ is that, you know, he came to reconcile and put all of relationships, whether that be a broken relationship with others, broken relationship with yourself. He came to reconcile all those things. So a lot of times by just giving money to something or just helping out just to what makes you feel better, just to what you feel like fix the problem might not be what the answer is. The answer might lie a lot deeper into, okay, let's talk to this person and let's see what their talents are. And let's see if there's any way that we or actually can help the local church to walk beside them. And maybe they could possibly have a job in the future that way. And maybe they can feel a little bit more like, okay, I am created in the image of God and I am special and I am someone that does have talents versus somebody that's I'm waiting on the next missionary to show up. So that's something that I've really picked up on that I didn't really know at first. So what does that look like in practice for you? That to me looks more like, uh, especially like this opportunity with the shrimp farm. That's completely the funds that were sent goes completely to a local. It's Augustine. This is not coming from the Mm -hmm. outside. And, you know, he has local churches that he is in contact with where when things are done, it's done in a, in a way like that where it's not a brigade coming in because what was happening is, you know, 40 weeks a year, you would have brigades coming from the United mm-hmm. States and you have the same issues going on as far as the poverty, as far as the crime and as far as, you know, just no hope and uh I think at the local level, reaching out and loving at the local level and doing a lot of those things like that will deliver that message of hope more so than outside, a lot of the outside help. I want to see more change in the 51 weeks that I'm not there versus the one week that I'm actually there. I think that will deliver the message of hope more so than anything. That's that's great. And I, I appreciate your heart and your your desire to to essentially give up leadership, right? Because you've got Augustine who's running this Mm -hmm. while you're there. And I think that takes a real talent for understanding who's a good leader and who has that heart. But also, at least speaking for me, from When Helping Hurts, there was the elephant and the the mouse. If you haven't read it, go ahead ahead and read Mm -hmm. it and listen to this. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I feel like the elephant and barely Mm -hmm. able to hear what the mouse is saying. And I realize that those 
images might be off-putting, but basically it's the image of a bull in a, sh- in a china shop. And I, I appreciate mm-hmm. your ability and your willingness to go, no, no, this is how I need to do it so that I'm not doing that. So I, I very much appreciate mm-hmm. that's That's really great. As you look over this, I'm wondering, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently? I guess the one thing that always sticks out as far as what I should do differently is the way this whole thing is unfolded, even the, the timing and everything, I'm just so thankful to God the way the whole thing is unfolded because I think it's unfolded very, very, very quickly. But if there's one thing that I would do differently, I wouldn't have worried as much mm. as I did because God's in control. And sometimes that's really, really tough. You feel like as you're going through the motions, it's really, really tough to let go of that control because we always want to feel like we're in control in some way. but God's ultimately in control, and it's it's so much better if we just let him have it and let go of that anxiety and that worry. Wow, really good stuff. For those that are listening, we are going to have a link for you to be able to connect with Jeremy. I think it's going to go to your Facebook page. That's what you sent me, right? Yes. So you'll want to check out the episode notes. But for you, Jeremy, I'm wondering, for those that are listening, if they're thinking, you know what, I'd like to partner maybe financially, maybe some other ways. What are some of the ways that people can get involved with what you're doing? Definitely, like you were saying, I would love uh, financially that that would be absolutely wonderful. But another thing is, you know, maybe somebody is listening that is a lot further along the process than than this is. And they're more seasoned as far as what is going on with a mission like this. I would love to have that conversation because there's we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, but we're all His children, and He wants us to have relationships, and He wants us to be able to communicate with one another and help one another as well. I would love to be able to learn from someone that may have been down that road before, or if you know, if someone just wants to have a conversation and say, hey, I feel like God's starting to lead me in this direction. Maybe I could help you as well. And just on my Facebook page, the Shrimp Matters is the Facebook page. Um, just message me there, I would love to have any type of conversation. So yes, anything financial would be great. But also, if you just want to have a conversation, you know, I would I would love to hear from anyone. Good stuff. And before we close out, how can we best pray for you? Just especially pray just during this, uh, just uh, during this year, not just for me, but for anyone in, that's involved in missions or involved in church planning. It's just been a year where a lot of things have been shifted based off of the the global pandemic. Just pray specifically that that we stay thankful, that we show gratitude even in these times, and that we're able to readjust and that we're able to see the good out of this and see how we can move forward as things start to get back to normal. But yes, please, please, please pray for this mission. Oh, that's that's great. And for those of you that are listening, I would encourage you, pause the recording and just take a second to pray. Because if you're like me, there's a really good chance you're going to wait till you go to bed and then you're going to forget now who is I supposed to pray for. That happens to me all the time. So I really try to just stop and take advantage of those opportunities because our prayers matter and our opportunity to be involved matters. So I'd encourage you to do that. If you want to connect with Jeremy through his Facebook page, we'll have that link for you in the episode notes. Just tap or swipe or click through however you're listening so that you can find that, connect with him and find out how you can be involved or offer him that encouragement, whatever that is. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Jeremy, I just want to say seriously, thank you so much 
not only for doing this, but for even just reaching out and saying, hey, is this a possibility? I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Huge thank you to Jeremy Wainwright for reaching out and being willing to do this as well. If you're interested in connecting with him, you can find all of his links and all of that information in the episode notes. If you're listening in your favorite podcast app, you can just tap, swipe, or click, or however you get to that, and you can find all of that there so that you can connect with him. I am happy to report that most recently when I heard from him, he was funded and moving forward. So that's really, really great news. But if you're interested in connecting with him, that's how to do it. Just tap, click or swipe those episode notes and you'll get to that information. Now, as far as the show, I did mention this is a special edition. Uh, Jeremy reached out to me and I really felt like this was something that I was supposed to do. And so here we are. It took me actually a bit longer than I'd hoped to get this out to you. But that's that's what's going on with that. As far as future episodes for the show, I don't I still don't have any more planned. So I just wanted to be really upfront with you and let you know that Uh, if you want to stay subscribed to the show in case there's another one, you're certainly welcome to do that. And I'll be glad to get that out if and when that happens. And if not, uh, again, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. And my hope and my desire is that God has spoken to you and given you something that you can run with him with, whether that's something that you can run with that's connected to what Jeremy's doing, or maybe an answer or an insight that you've gotten from today's conversation, or maybe just some encouragement. But anyway, that's my hope and my prayer for you is that you have that. With that, I would like to say again, just thank you for being here. I hope that you've have had a, a great time and that you're well and that your families are well. And I look forward to connecting with you again as soon as we're able to do that. 